Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. And before we get started, our spon- I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor. The sponsor of this show is Humble Antlers by David Morgan. To get in touch with uh, David Morgan, should I give a cell phone number? Mm-hmm. To get in touch with David Morgan for your uh, antler findings, just call 575-937-3261. And he's located... Throughout the areas, different areas of the res, right, Blue? Yeah, he's usually located at Fence Canyon or the Tribal Store. Fence Canyon or the Tribal Store. Once again, that's Humble Antlers, David Morgan. And if you if you mention to him your first finds, you can win a prize. What can they win, Blue? All right, so the first people, the first two people that turn in antlers and mention the podcast are going to get two are going to get a free T shirt. A free T-shirt. Yeah. Awesome. So all they got to do is just when you know you find your next antler, you just take it down there to Dave Morgan, and you just mention you know the Writing on the Wall podcast, and you'll get your free T-shirt. Nice. Okay. Once again, that's David Morgan with Humble Antlers. Now let's get on with the show. We have a special guest here in, in the in the building. Give it up for Drew Lance Big Robe, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Drew? Um. I'm good, and yourself? I'm doing good. So it's, you go by Drew Lance Big Rope or Drew Lance? Lancer. Lancer. Okay. <laughs> well, it was good to have you. Um, thank you. So you have a book here. Yes. What's 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 the book's called? Um, my book is called um, Drew's Imagination, as a book of short stories. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're probably and you, you got that book published, and it's out now. I heard. Um, <clears throat> It's in the process of getting um, published. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, um, how did that come about? How did, how did you get started writing a book? I mean, um, I've always been a avid reader. I have my own little library at home. I read a lot of books, and I've always been good at writing. So. Um, whenever this pandemic came, well, uh, actually it was a couple years before, but just working on it and um, I just wanted to see if I could actually write a book. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And um, having a good friend who sent me pretty much all the books that I have since I was in second grade, um, Miss. Leanne Blankenship. Um, I met her when I was in second grade in Mescalero in Miss Cordova's class. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, when she uh, got to know me, she always sent me books every month, every month, every year. And I kept those books. Um, I reread them and, um, I started my own collection and what 
my book is about is my own personal um, experiences. Okay. What was the name of that book again? Um, <laughs> Drew's Imagination. Drew's Imagination? Yes. So when when do you think that it's going to um, finish going through like the publication process? Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I had just sent it last week to um, the editor and once they're finished with that, they're going to send it to uh, my publicist. So we're looking about maybe the end of the month. That's exciting. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know how I heard about it or if you, if you just told me because last, last year before COVID came, I was interested in putting you on the podcast because you had graduated with a, with a degree. What was it? What's your degree in law? Um, criminal justice and political science. Yeah. And that was surprising. It just came out of nowhere. And I was, I was telling Chris, I was like, hey, you know who's been sleeping on us is um, Drew. Did you know he got his degree? And Chris was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, dang, we should put him on the podcast because that's huge. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to you. You mentioned that you had a book in the process also. And then COVID kind of hit and just kind of just put everything to a stop. We got behind on guests. And then um, your book was a little, you know, it had it, some hiccups and it slowed things down. And I was like, I just was telling Chris, well, wait until the book's almost out or is out and we'll have you on. And so here we are. I mean, just to bring any of the listeners up to speed, you know, um, not only did you start the book, you're a graduate. So <laughs> congratulations to you. You're taking big steps. Thank you. Um, It was a lot of hard work. (laughs) And don't get me started on how expensive it's been. (laughs) Yeah. That's huge, though. I mean, how many people in your family are graduates? Um, In my... How do you call it? (laughs) Intermediate family... Um, just my sister and I. <laughs> that's that's awesome. You know, it's kind of hard because um, coming from the reservation, you know, we get the tribal scholarship, which is nice, but it's almost still not enough. You get out there, you realize you got to pay for an apartment or a place to live, gas, food, and that tribal scholarship goes real quick. Where were you at? Were you in Las Cruces or where? I don't know. UNM. UNM. Oh, in Albuquerque. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Go Lobos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, were you living up there for the whole four years? Uh, yes. Well, until the last year, um, due to the pandemic, I had to finish online. Yeah. So. But you did it. Um, how stressful was that? It was hard. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I met a lot of cool people and you know just having that um experience of being in college yeah (laughs) it was it was pretty awesome and um my roommates um they were cool people it was weird because they're all from the same uh they were all from the same high school from Santa Fe. So they knew each other. And I was like the new 
person. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they accepted me and, you know, for how I am and, um, they had my back while I was up there. That's and it awesome. was really cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I was curious about like a lot of the struggles that you went through, but I just wanted to start at the top, you know, and, you know, first plug the book, um, talk about the book and talk about you graduating and, um, what's your next, what's your next goal right now? (laughs) Okay. So with my book, um, having it go through this process, I'm hoping to at least um, bring enjoyment to people that want to read about it or to read my book. And um, as for my graduation, um, I didn't get to have a formal one. I didn't get to walk the line or anything, which is a big, (laughs) big deal due to the pandemic. Uh, So I just got my degree through the mail. (laughs) And um, as for my next um, my next adventure, I guess I can say (laughs) uh, once I finish with the process of my book um, I'm starting this August back up at UNM, this time for uh, the law school program. Uh, it's my dream to become a lawyer. I really want to become a public defender mm-hmm. to help people. So that's uh, what's driving me uh, to continue with my schooling. And um, who knows? Maybe I can be a senator or a... <laughs> I mean, I, I love politics. I really do. And I really want to take my education as far as it can take me. And um, I want to make a name for myself. Not only for myself, but for the people of my reservation. That's awesome. So back back to the book, did you say there were like short stories that you yeah. said? Yeah. Can you give can you give maybe the listeners a sneak peek of like one of the most one of your favorite stories in that book? <laughs> my favorite story is chapter 15. Um <clears throat> it's about my um my experiences of running track (laughs) Mm -hmm. because initially I um, joined track uh, for pole vaulting because it doesn't require much running (laughs) 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 uh, we had to I joined two weeks late and um, that day or that evening we had to run from the Mescalero school down to the highway and back up and it was everybody's second time running that 
um, road and it was my first and I actually outran everybody and, wow. <laughs> and made it back before anybody and uh, my coach Mr. Roth uh, I guess he's seen in in me that I could be a What's it called? <laughs> kind of like a long distance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> long distance runner. And so, unbeknown to me, uh, our first track meet, I was put in the two mile and one mile. <laughs> so you didn't even know they were doing that? <laughs> I, d- I didn't until we got the paper getting off the bus and I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) And our first track meet was out in Dexter. And um, it was my first time running like two mile when uh, the mile. So the first time I placed six and then second, uh, fifth. And then after that, um, first, 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 first. Second, second, and one third place. <laughs> wow. And I qualified for state um, two years in a row. <laughs> Is that, that, and that's your favorite chapter. So this book's kind of like um, <clears throat> a breakdown of all, like, is it all your, your, your favorite experiences or just life experiences in general? Um, it's a mixture of both. Um, there's a lot of, um, personal <clears throat> writings or chapters in there, but then there's also, you know, some humorous and uh, scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> is it all real or is it, is it like fiction? Is it fiction kind of made up? Uh, it's real. It's all real stuff? Yes. Okay. That I've experienced through. Um, <clears throat> my life (laughs) but I put a twist on it to make it sound as if it's a fairy tale oh I see so that's why you call it imagination Drew's imagination yes okay (laughs) but then it's my real life experiences nice that's interesting how long did it take you to write this book oh my goodness it took me about five years because (laughs) I was juggling college. I was juggling jobs. And, um, but then whenever this pandemic came and we were put on lockdown and stuff, it gave me time to actually finish it up. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it was It was quite a journey. And I'm... Looking forward to um, the next book that I have in mind to write. <laughs> when you're writing, is it easy? Does it does it come? Does it just come to you and like naturally flow naturally, or do you have to force it? Oh no, it comes naturally. Yeah. Yes. Um, like I said, they're my own personal experiences. So um, turning it. 
into a story that others can relate to was kind of hard at first, but it's just like you're talking to a good friend mm-hmm. and you're just telling the story. So <laughs> it comes naturally um, with um, my writing and uh, my speaking abilities <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, it just, it comes natural. It's, yeah. So you're saying kind of like writing kind of fills in that gap for you for, you know, like you're speaking because you're pretty shy. Yeah. yeah. So when you write, you're saying you're a little bit more comfortable doing that? Yeah. It comes more naturally and stuff. It does. Okay. A little bit of a way to escape, huh? Yeah. Actually, just gets your mind off everything and yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I still can't believe that you graduated, you got your, your bachelor's degree, you came out, you wrote a book, just knowing, just knowing you. Because uh, for people that are listening that don't know Mescalero, um, you were you were born and raised pretty much on this in this area called B Side, right? So, uh, I guess to paint a picture, the the and I and I lived on the other side, on this other side called Seaside. So these areas that we grew up in, you know, they're it's like South Central <clears throat> LA, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not the best neighborhoods. Our you know, like they're pretty rough. There's a lot of yeah, alcohol and yeah. drugs up and down those streets, and fighting and police cars all the time. I, and I DJ'd a couple parties over there. The <laughs> yeah. the That's where you got your start? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, why I said, if I can make it here, I can make it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, for you to, to come out of that environment the way you did and be successful the way you are, that's huge. Um, I give a lot of, um, I give a lot of props to people who can make it out of those types of environments and, and just succeed, you know, you, it's not easy. It's not, you know, I, I was talking, I was talking to you about like paying for school and stuff like that. That alone is hard. You know, we talking about funding and stuff, but just having support at home, we come from a lot of broken families. Um, we don't come from too much like support, you know, it's just hard. It's just, I, I saw where you came from and that's why I'm excited to have you in the podcast because if there's anyone out there that are growing up in that environment as well, and they're like, you know, Drew did it. You know, yeah. I, I don't have any excuse because he came out of one of the hardest neighborhoods and look at him, got his degree, he wrote a book, and now he's trying to um, go to law school. It's just, it's insane. Um, congratulations to you for all, for all your accomplishments. Yeah, it's very inspiring. It's, it's one of the main missions of our of, of Riding on the Wall podcast is which we want to shed light on people exactly like you what type of things you're doing so that's very inspiring well thank you both so much I mean that means a lot uh, it hasn't been easy mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me um, but um, just having uh, nieces and nephews uh, they're the ones that inspire me mm-hmm. to um, <clears throat> uh, to <laughs> go out and achieve uh, 
anything to show them that hard work and good work, work ethic, uh, it pays off. And I wanted to set an example for them. So um, they really pushed me to um, be the best that I can because (laughs) being um, a part of the LGBTQ community, (laughs) uh, I know I'm not going to have kids of my own, so... My nieces and nephews are pretty much my kids. And um, I want them to be able to look up to to me and be like, wow. Uh, And I want them to surpass everything that I've achieved. And um, growing up uh, with a single parent, I lost my dad when I was only three years old and um, being raised um, by my single mother, my best friend, <laughs> Angela Rospiti, um, we, we've had, we had a hard <laughs> time, <laughs> but, um, just going through those um, experiences with hardships um, actually brought out the best in me. Yeah. Made me the strong, resilient person that I am today. And if I could change anything, um, maybe not losing my dad before I actually got to know him. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, having a wonderful mother, a strong, independent lady, really worked out in our best interests. We struggled, but overcoming it and making a way for ourselves um, I don't think I would <laughs> ask for an easier life because what <clears throat> what struggles you and what you overcome is what makes you a strong person. And I'm glad to have that role model for myself. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You uh, overcame uh, the the stuff that you overcame, you talk about in your book as well? Yes. Is there anything that you can talk about right now? That you saw something that you overcame? Um, I don't know how... Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I, I don't know how personal you want to get, but um, <clears throat> with in the book... Um, let me see... In chapter 20, mm-hmm. um, is about something <laughs> deeply personal, but <clears throat> I overcame it and um, 
I can't talk about it. I mean, I wrote about it, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean if, if it's easier for you, you can you can say pretty much whatever you want to say on the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, and before, let, let's give another shout out to your mom. You said you, your mom was your best friend. What's her name again? <laughs> Angela Spitty. Angel, Angel what? Angeloris. Angeloris Spitty. Big shouts out to Angeloris Definitely. Spitty. <laughs> you said you guys went through a lot, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah but um, <clears throat> I didn't want to go too personal with my book. But um, there is one story that uh, I wrote about and was hard for me to write about. But the truth has to be out there. And um, I <laughs> was a victim of sexual assault. Oh, wow. So um, that was hard for me to write about. But yeah, I did. It's like a healing mechanism to yeah. be able to overcome it and I've made it through a lot of dark um, places and experiences a lot (laughs) and whether good or bad um, it's made me the person I am today so and how old were you when that when that happened? <clears throat> That's when I was thirteen years old. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty rough. Oh, did you have? To, did you go to therapy or anything? So I spoke with um, school counselors and. Um, Went through um, behavioral health and mescaleo. Yeah. And it, w- it was hard, uh, but. That, that's um, something that, you know, like, that's one of the reasons, like, I, I knew, I mean, I don't know anything that you've gone through, honestly, but, like, I understand that. Everybody has, you know, a rough life, but I was real curious on a lot of the stuff that you went through personally, because, you know, like you said, you're part of the LGBTQ community and you thrived still, you know, you still, you tell, you're telling us that you went through, you know, this hard time in your life, you're able to overcome it and still yet succeed. And that's, that's huge because, um, you are going to be able to pave that pave that road for the next people that come behind you and that they're maybe trying to follow your footsteps also maybe they've gone through something that's hard and you know being able to pick up your book and see that you overcame it and that you're successful hopefully you know your story inspires somebody you know because you you, you're not the only one that's gone through um something like that and you know but you're definitely um special because you're able to talk about it and tell people, you know, I overcame it and I, and I am where I am today. And <clears throat> hopefully this podcast can reach out to anybody that's also been a victim, you know, to just give them hope 
that, you know, you can still yet become something great and do great things with your life. Because in the way I see it um, is that you have done a lot more than most people in our community, you know, regardless of the dark times that you've seen. Um, I, you know, it's, those are huge accomplishments to have. Those are huge belts to wear. And so just kudos to you for being able to be strong enough to get back up and just go, you know, cause there's so many of us that have a lot of excuses for a lot of things that we've all gone through. And I bet a lot of our problems aren't even as big as some of the ones you face personally, you know, and you're still, you're still able to get up and do more with your life somehow. And that's very interesting. And, um, huge so yeah again shout out to your mom for being your support and keeping you going and keeping you strong and and i really respect how you were saying you know because you're not you're not going to have kids of your own you accepted that but having nieces and nephews that drive you that's awesome that that really is awesome like you're finding you're somehow finding silver linings you're somehow finding positive positive side of things and finding motivations and you're still inspiring so you know, as much as we can share on this podcast, the better, because there's there's a lot of people out there who've been hurt. There's a lot of people on this, on, the, on our reservation that are struggling with some hard things that they've gone through. But I don't think everybody is as strong, as brave as you right now. And, you, you know, hopefully you speaking about it can help them overcome it as well. You know, you're you're going to be huge, especially when people hear this podcast and they hear what you've done with your life. You're going to be a huge inspiration to a lot of people. So, um just keep doing what you're doing. You know, don't, don't stop. I, I hope, you know, I wish you the best in, in the next chapter of your life. No pun intended. Cause you're writing another book, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got another book coming out. Um, so I don't mean to be invasive on you. I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way. If you want me to not, like, not say anything, you just tell me, but um, are you comfortable with me just saying like, for the sake of conversation, just, you know, that you're gay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, is, so, is it gay or, or transgender? Which one? <laughs> no, it's just gay. Okay. Just gay? Oh, okay. Um, do you struggle like with people badgering you or giving you a hard time right now, like from the community? Um. <clears throat> yes. Um. Still to this day, um, I get looks of disgust, <laughs> and I get called many things. But um, I don't let it get to me because who are they to judge someone else's life? We all have one life to live and we can live it to how we want to. We can love who we love and be with who we want to be with without any judgment and that's what I always tell myself. I mean, it is hard um, <clears throat> being gay <laughs> and uh, in Mescalero because a lot of people don't accept it and they just don't understand or they just don't really want to and they want to talk about you put you down and um me i i wear cute clothes <laughs> pretty much girl clothes but uh, i don't care as long as i'm <clears throat> taking care of myself as long as 
I'm making sure I um, go out looking good, looking cute or whatever. It doesn't matter what anyone's opinion is because when it comes down to the to the wire, it's my life and I can do as <laughs> I darn well please. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like how, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, you, you're nervous, but like, you know, I, I asked this question, it's kind of real. You know, I was a little bit nervous to ask and now like, now I see where your confidence comes from. I think you just know who you are. You're very comfortable with who you are and you're confident with that. And I, and I think that's working for you. It's awesome. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I keep saying, I, I told you this when I was messaging you on Facebook about being on the podcast. I was saying, you're going to inspire a lot of people. You are. You're paving the way. I don't think you know the the gravity of your situation. I don't think you realized it yet. Because being who you are, doing what you're doing, you're kind of setting, you're kind of like, you know, mowing down all the brush, making it easier for people to follow behind you now. Because I don't, I don't know like a time when you came out or if you came out or if you just grew up, I don't know about that, but you were um, pretty much, do you think you were gay your whole life? <laughs> yes. Um, I've known ever since I was three years old in Head Start <laughs> in Mescalero. I've, I've known that I was different and that I liked boys. <laughs> That's crazy because you had to deal with that in a time. I know back then in those years. So Mescalero was a lot different back then. What was that, like 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was like 20 plus years ago. So you were, you were confident with your stride at that age. Those times were a little bit more rough. I remember those times. I remember 20 years ago. We, us kids on those streets were not easy on anyone that, you know, we made gay jokes all the time. This community that we grew up in as Apaches, like that's the number one joke you throw out there. You know, oh, don't be gay. Don't be gay. You know, we're hard, like fighting wild kids. But where I have a lot of respect for you is that you stayed confident in yourself. You made a good statement earlier about you just, it's your life. You're going to do what you want to do with it. Who, who is anyone to judge? And you did that from a young age. And you stayed confident in yourself. And you did it through the harder times back then. Now, I think the community, even Mescalero, has been influenced by what's going on around, especially across the country. There's been a lot of movements going on, you know, LGBTQ. Um, so it's more accepted now. And it's, it's not as... Um, it's not as harsh as it used to be, but you push through it. You push through the harder times. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy when you were growing up. I remember, you know, so I just want to give you a lot of respect for staying true to who you are. And, you know, when we ask you questions, you're not just giving us like these cliche answers. You're giving us some confidence. You know, that's what I like to see. It's, it's, um, it's almost like it's relieving to see that in you, you know, Cause like, I don't want to be say like I'm worried about you and stuff, but like, I'm just I guess comfortable knowing that you can take care of yourself. You know who you are. You know we got you on this podcast, and you're definitely going to be a leader for in Mescalero's LGBTQ you know community. You're you're a huge leader. You're probably you know I don't know 
like how many people like you've helped or been there for, but you're going to be there for a lot of people in this podcast, you know? I mean, um, thank you for all that. Um, <clears throat> I never really wanted to become or seem as a role model to uh, our younger generation. I I didn't see myself as that <laughs> because Lord knows I've <laughs> been through some trials, but um, it's it's really nice that people in our community um, <clears throat> see me as such. And when I was working at the travel store, I was walking home after I got off work. And I was stopped by the department head of Mescalero Boys and Girls Club, Gwendolyn Murphy. And um, she asked me if I was able to um, speak to youth that are coming to terms with how they really are <laughs> and... I was like, sure. I mean, I had to go through it by myself. And it was the hardest thing ever. And nobody should um, ever have to experience that. So if I can <laughs> give them some reassurance that everything's going to be okay, then of course. And then I guess that makes me a role model to the younger people in our community. And I'm proud to be able to. <laughs> nice. Did you actually have a, a coming out story or is there, is there, or did you just always know? Did your family just always know? Um, no. I didn't come out. Everybody pretty much knew. <laughs> how did they take it? Your, your family and friends? How did they did they accept you, or well, what went on? Uh, well, I don't want to talk bad about my family, but um, I was never really bullied in school uh, for being gay or anything. I know I was talked about and made fun of, but nobody ever had the confidence to say anything to my face. <laughs> and, um, but it was hard for my, my family to accept uh, my mom, my older sister and my older brother. Uh, <clears throat> were they religious? Were religious people or what was the what was the issue? I guess just an uh, concept of just me being gay. Yeah. Because um, of my late father, he was 
cowboy and he was, you know, he was a real tough guy. Yeah. yeah. And so they had that expectation for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't about that. And um, so it was, it was difficult. But I sat my mom down to the table to tell her, I'm going to tell you something. It's out of respect, but I'm going to tell you that I am gay. And I just want to give you that respect to let you know. It took her a while, but she came to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And now she's one of my biggest supporters that doesn't let anyone talk bad about me or belittle me. That's awesome. Anything. And still coming around to my mom's side of the family, my aunts and uncles, but um, I don't let that get me down because (laughs) because I know I'm Loved and appreciated. Yeah. Regardless of any circumstances. But yeah, um, if there's anyone out there that is listening to this, I just want to let you know that I know it may sound cliche to say, but (laughs) regardless of the hardships and troubles you may be facing that I may not have went through myself, but you are. I just want you to know that there are people out there that really, honestly, truly love and care about you. It may not be family. It may not be friends. It may just be a total stranger. But there are people that love you. And everything (laughs) that I've went through in my short 29 years of life, um, it is hard at first, but Holding on to your determination, your self-love, and your courage gets you over (laughs) the steepest mountains that you are facing. And don't give up because we're cheering for you. I'm cheering for you. (laughs) I may not know you personally. But just having these experiences that I've went through, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. (laughs) But just know that you will, you will see the light at the end of a tunnel. That's awesome. We're we're not spoiling any of the book, are we? Are we (laughs) touching anything that you were trying to? 
<laughs> right about? <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we do, and you like, and we, you know, you catch us, you know, kind of spoiling some of those chapters, and just be like, well, you go know, read the book, so that way we can get people <laughs> to come to the book. You know, yeah, <laughs> if they want to hear it, you know, so. It's, if I ask a question, Chris asks a question, and it's in the book, you know, just say, well, it's in the book. So, Where are they going to be able to buy that book at? Um, well, once I get um, through with the... Uh, publishing? Uh, editor. Oh, yeah. And then to my friend's publicist, uh, like I said, uh, by the end of the month. Uh-huh. And... Uh, uh, are you going to sell it online or are you uh, going to sell them, just sell them yourself? I'm actually going to see what the publicist thinks. Um, because if you self-publish, then it's like way expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, we'll just see after um, after it gets sent. I'm, I'm just thinking... Probably a uh, hundred copies at first. Yeah. What about an audio version? You ever thought about doing an audio version? <laughs> I don't like how my voice sounds online. Once you make it big, you can hire a voice actor or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I. <clears throat> I'm excited. Yeah. It's been a long time coming and it's actually come into for, for tuition. <laughs> I forgot to say that word. <laughs> so. it, it's huge. Um, we talked about people that have written books on reservation before, but there's only, I, th- I think there's only books about like culture and the res, you know, like our Apache people, like historic books. Yeah, you might. I could be wrong on this, but you might be the first one to write just like a book about your life. You know, I well, <clears throat> I think there's a couple. There's a couple people who have. I want to say, oh, there's a Botella guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's wrote a book. I never read it, but I heard about it. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody listening out there, you want to come on a podcast and talk about your book you're more than welcome <laughs> i know right but i mean there's there's only a few people in mescalero who have written an act and published a book so that that's a big accomplishment yeah well do you have any pointers for anybody out there who wants to write a book i'm sure there's a lot of, a lot more people that want to write a book but just don't know how uh, how do you get started even <laughs> well I know my experience writing a book is not going to be the same as everyone else's. But if I had to give any pointers, um, just be true to yourself and be true to your imagination. What um, comes to your mind, you make a story, you have an experience that you want to write about, uh, jot it down (laughs) and you can make it into anything you want. I mean, it's hard, especially when you get writer's block. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is hard. But 
just believe in yourself and tell yourself, yes, I can do this. And I mean, and I know it sounds easier said than done, but <laughs> just being true to yourself and into your imagination will get you places you've never expected. <laughs> How how disciplined did you have to be? Did you have to force yourself to like write so many pages a day, or did you just write when it when you felt like writing? Um, <clears throat> I just wrote as I felt like writing when I had something to write about. But um, being your own harshest critic, you're constantly going back and changing things and <laughs> so it took me a while to just get used to just uh, in a sense freestyling <laughs> but um, they're my own personal experiences so I knew what to write and how I wanted to say it but Putting it into like a fairy tale um, was kind of challenging, but fun at the same time mm -hmm. because I could um, make it my own, and I did. <laughs> nice. Are you pretty proud of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. And then how? How hard was um, college for you? It was, it was, it was hard at first. I mean, <clears throat> uh, sharing a dorm with uh, three other guys uh, that I didn't know but knew each other. <laughs> was different and being away from my family and um, was that your first time being away for, for a long time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, as I said before uh, my roommates turned out to be awesome <clears throat> people. Where are they from? You said they're from Santa Fe? Yeah. What were their names? Give them a shout out in uh, Adon Herrera, Adon. Johnny Montez, and uh, Adrian. I forgot his last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big shout out to Don, Adrian, and Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. They were really cool people. Yeah. And um, my hardest class was. <laughs> math because me being the smart one <laughs> scheduled it at 8 o'clock in the morning <laughs> so <laughs> it was funny one time um, I had a bit too much fun one night and then I woke up late for class so mm -hmm. I took a quick shower and uh, ran to make my math class because my teacher did not mess around. <laughs> she was really stern. Uh -huh. but, uh, 
whenever I ran into class, I have it to look down and I was wearing two different pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I made it. I made it. <laughs> Did anybody notice? Yeah. Were you like, this is a new style? You guys in on this? That's the struggle of school, you know, running around, making your classes and being late. And I don't think like we we factor that in when we sign up for college. And then plus you're saying like the shock factor. You, I, don't, I haven't had to stay in a dorm, but you, you know, you walk into a dorm and all of a sudden you're hit with that. You know, it was it. Were you, were you uncomfortable for a while or did your friends just kind of make you feel OK in the beginning? Um, I was a little bit uncomfortable, uh, not in a sense uh, that they wouldn't like me or anything, but just a little uh, worried about them knowing that like, I'm gay. And yeah, if they're going to accept you. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all, they were all straight. Yeah. yeah. And... Sure enough, it was no problem. <laughs> oh, they they accepted you and just made you feel all right, huh? Yeah. That's cool. And um, we used to stay up all night uh, watching um, the Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eating ramen and cereal. <laughs> oh, so you had the full college experience you know, eating. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't make them fry bread? Oh, I did. <laughs> In the door? Yeah. We, we had a kitchen under. Uh, yeah, I made them fry bread. I make some real good hot red chili. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's like, I make it real good. <laughs> and um, that's what I like, too, is cooking. Oh, okay. I love to cook. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm going or finishing up school, I know how hard it is to stay like disciplined and on top of classes and stuff. Was it a learning curve for you or did you just kind of take it in? Did you just fall into the groove? Um, I fell into the groove because me, um, I wouldn't want to say nerd, but <laughs> I was always accustomed to school because I loved school so mm -hmm. much. So, um, you were a straight A student all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Were you grades like that in college too? Yes. Dang, that's good. <laughs> I struggle. I struggle with school. It's hard. Yeah, it's I dropped out of college too. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried college in 2008 and then I just flunked out <laughs> it took me a while I had to like grow up and mature a little bit because I didn't have good study habits you know I didn't have discipline and I didn't know it was going to be that hard and you're yeah. gonna have to stay up late and study and it was just too much with me I was like man I had enough of this in high school I gotta do this all over again yeah right but I ended up getting uh different certificates in mm. what I do so I mean I like, college is cool, but it's not for everybody. I, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> I always preach that long-term discipline. Yeah. It's not in everybody. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely one of your strengths, you know, writing a book and, and graduating and stuff like that. And um, going, 
I'm glad you had good college experiences, though, and you didn't have to worry about too much. Uh, it's always interesting to me to see like someone in your shoes. You know, you you come from the reservation, you got to walk into this dorm, and then you're like, oh crap, how are they going to accept me? And you know, like being out of your comfort zone is huge. Not a lot of people from the reservation want to leave home. It's scary. It's weird. Um, it's just not. It just feels so wrong, you know, because the reservation is like, it's a weird community. It's like a weird, comfortable community. Like once you get settled in here, it's hard to leave. <laughs> it, it is hard to leave. And I find that too. And I spend like maybe like a summer here working. I don't want to leave sometimes and leave the mountains and just this community is just comfortable. I don't know why it's like that, but I'm glad you're able to just get out. And now you're going to do it again, right? You want to do your master's? Yes. A uh, master's in, in law? Yes. When do you plan on going back? Uh, this coming August. Oh, really? So yes. you're jumping right back into it? <laughs> yes. That's good. That's awesome. Um, I always, I, I was telling you this before, you know, I hope that you can inspire other people to do this. This is huge. You're going to get a master's degree. Um, do you, do you know how you like, you're going to pay for it? Is it all planned? Or are you just going to wing it? You're just going to jump in? Um, well, of course, with the travel scholarship, which is only like 3000 <laughs> but, you know, every little bit helps. Yeah. And of course, writing other scholarships and grants. Oh, okay. So you're taking opportunity on that. So you have to be proactive and write those. Um, did you, were you successful with your first, with your bachelor's degree with scholarships and grants? Yes. Yeah. So that that's good. I think that's probably the only way we can do it. So that's probably going to be something that I want to mention real quick. Um, grants and scholarships, like for anyone that's thinking about going to school, are huge. Did, how much did they help you? Uh, they paid for all five years. <laughs> oh, so you you made it a thing then. You, you, you didn't have to have a, a job anywhere up there while you were going to school? Uh, well, I was bartending on the side. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you worked. You went to school. You wrote for your grants and your scholarships. That's... Being a go-getter, yeah. you know, that's a huge quality that I, that I, you know, respect about you. And I have, I have a lot of friends that are always like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about going back to school, you know, but they don't do it, you know, and, and I'm not knocking them. You know, life is, you know, life happens. Or I have people say like, yeah, I was going to join the army, but, you know, but life happens, you know, life is just, it's hard and it's different for everyone. So I'm not trying to put anyone down, but um, when I see people like I said it before, coming from the community you came from, um, or the, the neighborhood, you, you're a go-getter. You got out there and you made it happen. Um, you just found a way to get it done. And that, that's a good quality to have. Uh, do you have any friends that are like asking you for help to go back to school? Or are you just the only one right now? Um, no, I'm currently helping uh, a few of my friends. Good. That's get awesome. Back, get back in and... Whenever they need a tutor, they can call me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, because uh, I love math and um, I love history. I love um, my political science class. Only thing I don't like is science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was always my hardest subject, <laughs> but... Uh, aside from that, English, writing, and math, um, I'm the one you call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. The, so, 
how how good does it feel to be this accomplished right now? Um, I'm. I don't think I'm fully uh, settled into uh, realizing what kind of a big deal it is. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's huge. It's it's still coming in, but I I feel very proud. That's good. You should. You should be very proud. Um, the I'm trying to, you know, do my best to highlight, you know, these areas that you succeeded in, and still yet fall back into like some of the troubles that you faced. Um, you know, were there people? Was there anyone ever that said that you couldn't do it? Was there anyone that ever laughed at you when you said that you were going to try to go back to school, or anyone that was trying to like put you down? Do you remember those times? Oh, I still do. And still to this day, there are people whom I consider friends, but uh, they make fun of of me for writing a book. They think that it's a joke or something. Mm -hmm. And... It does bother me, but then at the same time, I'm like, hey, at least I actually did something. Right. <laughs> where, yeah. Where is your accomplishment? No, this is perfect. That, this is the conversation I love right mm-hmm. here. So I'm, I'm just like, you can think what you want, but at least I have receipts and I can prove what I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and definitely with our podcast, we want to, we want to try to change that culture in, in Mescalero or, or that whole crab in the bucket mentality. Yeah. You know, I, I really believe that when you're happy for somebody doing something good, then good things will come to you. You can, you can do something for yourself, whether it be, I don't know what, whatever passion somebody has. Exactly. You know? I mean, you, Manifest your own <laughs> destiny in exactly. a sense. So, yep. I mean, there's no reason to pull down anyone else that's trying to better themselves right. or make um, our community better. You know, uh, there's just no reason for any of that nonsense. But we have to understand that there are people out there like that. Yeah, and um, we just have to go high when they go low. <laughs> yeah, like Michelle Obama said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad now that we brought up this this subject. You know, because um, there are a lot of people here in the community that um, love to laugh and point fingers, and especially like in your case, you know, like you said, you know, you're you wearing your your clothes, the clothes that you wear and stuff, and you go out and into public and stuff, but nobody knows like the real accomplishments that you have. Like if you put the facts on the table, like you said, your receipts, like there's not, there's you're you're up front, you're in the front of the group. You know, if you're if everybody in this reservation was running a race to success, you'd be up there towards the front, and that that's very that's something to be very proud of. Definitely. And um, I just I think that the people that might might laugh at you. They don't have very like like big vision, you know. If you have a big vision and you can see further, 
and then it's easy to see like what you're doing is good but you know their vision is so small and all they know is what's inside their own personal lives and they hear you know oh drew wrote a book what does he know why why is he what is he writing about like you know then the jokes come out there but no i i think it's very important you know that you get out there make a name for yourself like you said you want to do um and that you push the boundaries push the limits why not earlier you said it you know we only have one life so let's live it mm-hmm. and i'm super proud of you for writing that book and that's why i'm even more proud to have you on the podcast is because um you know i hope that people don't laugh at you you know for your accomplishments this is huge and like chris was saying we're trying to change that culture here yeah. and so you coming on the podcast is going to inspire a lot of other people cuz think about all the other people that have big ideas too and they want to do some and they're getting laughed at you know so but you're definitely a good role model for the community cuz you've pushed through so much and um like i was saying you know trying to go back to the things that are were hard for you and then you talk about the things that are good for you so right now we're talking about your masters um coming up in august do you think that you're prepared to go into it are you nervous uh i'm prepared i was nervous uh <clears throat> my first <laughs> time but i'm i'm ready yeah i i just want to get this over with <laughs> not in a sense like it's anything to uh be shy about but i i'm ready to have a degree where um where i can start my what would you call it career yes yeah. <laughs> where do you see yourself being uh, like a a lawyer for for who or for what Uh I really want to be a public defender. Nice. Uh everybody thinks I should be a prosecutor, but <laughs> <laughs> why do they think that? Um because I'm a honest, forward, um speaking person mm-hmm. and uh speak the truth. <laughs> uh but I see myself as wanting to help people. Yeah. And that's what public defenders do. They help people whether they're guilty or not, but at least giving them some representation. Yeah. And helping them. I mean because I've been on both sides of the law and I understand um where other people may be coming from. So Mhm. I just really want to help the people here in Mescalero. Nice. I mean, I have big dreams for Mescalero. I have dreams for starting up uh businesses in Mescalero that will benefit the people and just a whole lot of <laughs> ideas. Yeah. And once I'm finished with um school and um finished with uh my book and everything, then I can finally focus on 
those dreams that I want to make a reality yeah. here in Mescalero. And I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. Is there anybody that inspires you? Like, is there a famous lawyer or maybe a celebrity or somebody who inspires you to do everything you do? Um, not actually, but the one that really got me inspired, so to say, um, was the public defender. Her name was Dana Johnson. Dana, I don't know. Is she, is she from here or from where? Uh, I believe she's from Rodoso. Oh, okay. But she was the public defender for the tribe, and she was really an awesome, awesome person. Yeah. Yeah, and she spoke for the people, our people, even though she wasn't from our reservation or anything, but she spoke up and she fought hard for us, and that's what really inspired me to try to take on what she did. <laughs> nice. What was her name again? Dana Johnson. Dana Johnson. Big shouts out to Dana Johnson. <laughs> Rio Doso, you said? Yes. Cool. So, <clears throat> whenever you start your master's, you're going to continue your education at UNM? Yes. You're going to have to move back up there? Uh, yes. You, and you do all this with no ride? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? You don't have a ride? <laughs> no, I don't. You're a hustler. So, do you have a bike or what? No, I have my legs. <laughs> oh, he's hustling. Wow. Walking to class. No excuses. He's so getting how do, you, how do you get all the way up to Albuquerque then? Um, I have, um, when I was first enrolled, um, I had classmates that I graduated from, from Escalero. Yeah. That went up to UNM. So they gave me rights. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. So we make all these excuses for why we can't do things and. Jews yeah. over here, like no car, gonna do <laughs> move into his masters, and that's pretty cool. You <laughs> yeah. have that that mentality where it's just like nothing bothers you, huh? No, you I just mean, get it I've, done. I've walked back from Albuquerque. I've walked from El Paso. So you walked from Albuquerque to El Paso? Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? a four hour car ride, and you're walking what? <laughs> Did you get picked up at least? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. You just. Started, you just walked to the highway and you just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there is something that I need to get done, then there's no excuses. I will make a way. Yeah. To, <laughs> I respect that a lot. <laughs> to get it done. So, yeah, I walked back from Albuquerque and that was scary in itself, but <laughs> yeah, walking on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And walking back from El Paso where I didn't even know where I was at, but <laughs> <laughs> still made it home. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, definitely a unique person. Um, there's no doubt about that. I, I think uh, anyone listening to this is going to be surprised, you know, at the person that you are. Because speaking of walking, I think that's pretty much all that Mescalero knows from you is because you are always walking. When you were working at the travel store, you walked to it from work every day, right? And so you were walking, what, an hour to work? Uh, no, it only takes me 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Okay. <laughs> so 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back and you got, you had a job, you were making money and 
you know, you're, you've got this, um, this perseverance that helps you achieve your goals. You know, I, I hope you continue to build on that and you just keep succeeding because that's huge. That's, that's a good trait to have in anyone. So kudos to you there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just still yet blown away by all these, these things that you've done and stuff and knowing like your story and who you are. Uh, definitely interesting person. <laughs> I don't know how, how else to phrase that. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't see you stopping anytime soon. I hope that, you know, when you're done with your master's that you do get into this um, career in law and stuff like that and help people out. Because I saw, I saw you light up a little bit when you were talking about, what, what was your name? Dana? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talked about her. You know, I can tell when your nervousness leaves and your confidence or your excitement for the subject kind of kicks in, you know, and that seems to be something that you're fired up about. And I think that you could do a lot of good for the community if you um, just just from this conversation alone, get into understand like what drives you, you know, your family, your nieces and nephews. And um, you got this perseverance about you. You know, something you mentioned earlier, you know, you don't judge people. Like, who are you to judge? And why Why should people judge you? Like, you got you got good qualities. And I don't think that um, people can should really judge you, you know, based on the fact that you the clothes you wear or if you're gay or not. Because, you know, deep down, you're a good person. And now, you know, like you said, you have a past. And um, you're hesitant to say that you're a role model because you had, you know, you, you made your mistakes. But... Um, something that I want to highlight is that I think it's very important to accept change now, you know, you know, regardless of all the past, I have a past, Chris has mm-hmm. a past, um, you know, our pasts are all different and we've all, you know, done bad things or we've been reprimanded in some way, but don't let that define you. You know, I hope you keep going with um, this whole journey of doing good and becoming a better person and stuff. And that's what matters to me. Um, whether you're gay or not, or whether you're, you know, you're black or yellow or whatever, I'd, I think it all comes down to like who you are as a person. Yeah. You know, we got to highlight that more in this community because I know a lot of straight people that are worthless, <laughs> that are just bad. You know, I don't want to be uh, around or near those people, you know, but I think our community is in good hands as long as you keep this, these good traits about you and you keep trying to be better the way you are. So, um, just good luck to you. Good luck to you. And, you know, I'm very, um, I take a lot of, uh, I guess, excitement in the fact that you have a supporting mom at home because we all need some kind of support from somewhere. You yeah. know, I don't know if you have like a, a significant other or anything like that, but having having a mom that's in your corner is powerful. You know, so another shout out to your mom. And does, is there anybody else in your family that's like pushing you to keep going? Um, my older sister. That's good. That's good. I think we need, we need support. You know, what's her name? Amber. Amber. Spitty. Amber Spitty. Big shout out to Amber Spitty. Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, you need people in your corner, but you're like, I only have two, (laughs) Uh, which is fine. You know, hopefully you're in somebody else's corner. I mean, um, I do the best I can. Um, I support where I can. Um, help, you know? Yeah. And um, I believe in all our people. Um, there's a lot of people that 
<clears throat> look down on our own uh, tribal people and make fun of them or belittle them or speak down about them because of the life they live. And sometimes those are the nicest people you could ever come in contact with. Yeah. I mean, whether they're uh, what people call them like drunks or <laughs> mm-hmm. anything, they're the nicest people that you could ever meet and have the uh, how to say it um, have the pleasure in meeting you know yeah yeah I mean people here they judge too quick and sometimes you just have to sit down and have a conversation with someone that you don't really know and you only uh judge them by the by the way they live and <laughs> that's not nice <laughs> yeah I think that um, public defender role will suit you very well you know you talk about like having sympathy or empathy for you know like like you said in quotes you know drunks and whatever but our community is full of a lot of interesting people mm-hmm. yeah it is and that's what me and Chris were talking about when we first started the podcast. Is like yeah. there's so many hidden gems out there that we need to have on here. Um, and this, and for instance, with you, like I didn't know you were doing all that stuff, you know, and um, wanted to highlight your accomplishments and put you on the podcast. And but um, as far as like discrimination, do you think this reservation is still yet slow to accept you, or do you feel a little bit more freedom now? Um. I think they're still a little slow to accept me, but um, I feel that um, just being unapologetically myself is setting um, setting the right tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about like at like community events, like when you go to like dances and stuff like that, <clears throat> or like the feast? Do you feel accepted? <laughs> I I get those glances from people, but um, like I said, I don't let that bother me because when I'm out at community events, um, I'm not there for myself. I'm there to. Uh, be a part of the community mm-hmm. to um, <clears throat> help wherever I can, but there's there's still um, people that turn turn away from me or look at me in a der- derogatory way, and but you know that's on their own conscience. <laughs> in, in your case, I would imagine it's it's harder to gauge because I mean, even like me, like walking around like I'll, I'll walk into somebody that I've I've grown up with and maybe like they look away and then the next time I come back around I, I'm like damn I was trying to talk to you but and they're like oh yeah I was having a bad day man I'm sorry and I imagine in your case it's harder to gauge because right now I think if I was in your shoes I wouldn't know if it was because it was the way I looked 
or if it was because that person just didn't want to see, you know, I, I don't know how I would process all that, but, um, I imagine in your case, it's, it's a little bit uh, more sensitive. Um, it is to a sense, but, um, if, if you're going to be out there to make a statement, then you have no other option but to be courageous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whenever whenever I seen you at the inn before, I seen you walking in the doors and you were waving at everybody. You waved at everybody, whether they were um, from the reservation or not. And that's, I think that's just your personality. And I, um, I hope, for one, you don't let the dirty looks change that about you because, uh, you know, maybe we do need more friendly hellos around the community. But um, two, I hope you just take it with a grain of salt. You know yeah. what I mean? I hope it doesn't doesn't get to you too bad when people look away and stuff because um, you've got a, you got an interesting personality about you. And, you know, like I the reason I'm saying I hope things don't change in you is because you're doing so well right now with your life. You're moving in such a positive direction with everything that I don't think you should change anything. I think you should just stay on path and just keep, keep going and like keep being you. Um, just like from my, from my eyes, I don't know like how Chris feels, but I think you're already doing a great job. So yeah, definitely don't let the dirty looks so. get to you. And I was trying to like, I was trying to hit on a little bit of like controversial topics but not too controversial but i want to know like how hard it is um for yourself you know to be a part of the community and to maybe like try to get a job but it's hard to bring up those conversations because like i was saying we're a special case where we hire our own so if you're out here and and i'm and you know you say you're being um hated on we got to reflect on ourselves, you know, as, as people, as a Mescalero Apache people. And I hope people that are listening to this podcast don't get offended by some of the things we say, but that's just how you feel. You know, exactly. um, we can't suppress how you feel. Um, I, I, on one hand, you know, I try my best not to offend like people and it doesn't matter like who it is for me. I always have like this, um, this like sense that goes off in my head where I'm like, well, let's let's not hurt their feelings. Let's hear their story, you know. But I don't know what it's like to be you. I really don't. And so I don't want to take that away from you, your feelings, and try to change them. But I do want to at least try to give, like, people that aren't here to defend themselves, like, benefit of, of the doubt, you know. Yeah. But it's hard. Running this and doing this podcast, I found, is a little, is a little tricky. Because if we want to talk about something that's, like, a little controversial— you got to take into account like the people that we're, we're pointing out, they're not here to defend themselves, which is not what we're trying to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. so one thing that we're talking about was having like the difficult conversations and it's going to, it might sound a little choppy to people listening because we just took a break. <laughs> <laughs> but um, getting back to what we were talking about is um, I like I like having like some of the hard conversations with you because, you know, for one, they're entertaining and people want to know. Like everybody's like, that's going to tune into this podcast is going to want to know like, Oh, what, why, why do they have, you know, Jeron, what, what is, you know, we got past that now. And I wanted to like dabble a little bit and, you know, make, bring some excitement or controversy out, but it's, it's hard because our mission is to promote and stuff like that. But, um, I think Chris was about to ask the next question. So, um, are you a spiritual person? Like, do you believe in God or have any type of religion? 
yes, I am a religious person. I attend um, Mescalero uh, Mescalero Apache Assembly of God. Yeah. Yes. I heard that's a good church. I've never been there before. Oh, it, yeah. it is a wonderful church. <laughs> Did that help you through all like your struggles in school and anything that you had to go through? Your your relationship with God, or it it really did. I mean, <clears throat> I know um, from reading the Bible uh, that homosexuality is a sin <laughs> in the eyes of God, but um, despite all that. Uh, that's where my second family is. Yeah. Is um, through the Lord. And despite me being the way that I am, he's never once left me. He's never uh, <clears throat> had me go through anything on my own. He was always there through his grace and his love. And... Um, that's why I I believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's never once forsaken me. And I owe everything <laughs> that I've accomplished and that I'm still dealing with all to him because yeah. of his grace and his love. So, yes, I am a religious person. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how old were you when you started going to that church? Uh, ever since I was born. Oh, so your family, <laughs> was your family real into it? Yes. Did anybody ever try to use that, that against you and say, the Bible says this is a sin? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was family members that uh-huh. <clears throat> threw it into my face, but... Um, like I said, I just told them, who are you to judge me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I left it as, at that. And still to this day, my family is still trying to come to terms with um, who and how I am. I mean, because I'm a very straightforward person. I speak what's on my mind and... um I'll tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. (laughs) And they have to come to terms with that. But it's hard for them. And I don't blame them because being an outspoken person, there's going to be, you know, hurdles. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be stuff, lines that you can't cross. But... You're just so um, determined to speak your own truth. And that may not sit well with some people, but it's your truth. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's a good point that you made. And it, it, I know it bring, always brings up controversy, talking about that with the Bible and saying that it's a sin. But I think society kind of focuses on that one sin too much. If, if you're going to call 
that a sin, then you got to look into the other sins in the, the book of Leviticus. That's exactly where it says it about homosexuality. It also says that you're not supposed to eat shellfish. Uh, it also says in that same book, you're not supposed to wear clothes with two different kinds of yarns. It also says it has, there was so many rules back then in, in the, in the old Testament. But when Jesus came, he said, you're not saved by the law. You're saved by me. So exactly. And, and you've heard, I'm sure you've heard that before too, right? Yes. So, yeah. And, and I know, uh, it's very, that part is, is very controversial. So I wanted, that's why I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. But, yeah. Um, it's hard um, <clears throat> when I go to church because, um, I mean, my church family, they love me regardless, but um, it's just the attire that I I wear, yeah. you know, I'm not dressed how you're supposed to, uh, how men are supposed to dress for church or whatever, but um, they don't hold it against me. They they accept me for who I am. Yeah. And through these tough times that we're all going through due to this pandemic and stuff, um, that's all you need is some support. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it's just, it's even like outside the church too. I mean, I was, I said it before the, the community that we're in, the Muscularo Apache tribe, um, not very, uh, I guess like accepting or, um, comfortable, like to like, as far as like the rest of the, the country is, I guess with, you know, being gay and stuff, you know, cause like you go into like bigger cities and stuff. I think it's more accepted because there's so much diversity in there. But you have to deal with the challenges of the reservation because we're just one people and we have one like way of living. We have one culture here and now you're being focused on like on those eyes and by the culture that's here and stuff. So uh, I just think it's, I don't know, it's interesting to me like that you, you're still able to like go to church and still be you and you still got to go like you're we're talking about like the social events and you got to be you but and you're doing it in um in this environment i think like out of most environments this native american culture has to be one of the harder ones i think because like the type of male that we we breed here we're all like like rough kind of like guys you know all the guys that grew up on the reservation grew up throwing rocks and, and <laughs> fighting and um, doing jumps with their bikes and impersonating Bigfoot in person. Yeah. <laughs> we do all these, like these, these like manly things we hunt, we fish and we all have um, like the male, like the typical male on the reservation, especially like the age of like 17 uh, has like this, has like a pretty strong ego, you know, cause you look up to like the uncles and then the uncles are like, big wood wood cutting chainsaw wielding guys you know and in your case you've got to be comfortable with who you are considering that community you know and i i think it's just, it's fascinating that you're still who you are like through all that and stuff like that and i was it's just i don't know i, I think a lot of people can be blown away by the podcast and hearing you and your how comfortable you are just talking about everything you're pretty open 
Um, so <laughs> thank you for being so honest with, with us here. Of course. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, um, <clears throat> being feminine or whatnot, I still go out and hunt. I still uh, work a chainsaw. <laughs> I do everything <laughs> that a man can do and probably 10 times better. <laughs> I guess I use the wrong analogies. Yeah. <laughs> but you get my point though. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So I, I take that back. <laughs> but yeah, it's just fascinating. It's, it's fascinating that um, you came out on top still and you're doing good with your life. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was just like when we were back in high school, like, because mm. we went to the same high school. Oh, Lou really? And I. Yeah. You guys were in the same class? No. No, no different classes? Well, or different years? Different years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I schooled him in math. Though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, was that hard in school? <laughs> was Or was it? Um, was everybody cool, pretty cool? Like I said, people made jokes about me yeah. and talked about me behind my back but nobody ever confronted me or said anything to my face so I was like no who the hell do you think you're talking (laughs) to sorry excuse my language and um but yeah and um whenever um I joined basketball for uh my first time ever trying out (laughs) um Blue was one of the guys that helped me, you know, learn the traits of the game and stuff. And it was cool. <laughs> yeah. If you, you know, like in Mescalero, I think that's something that we can um, all relate to is basketball. It don't matter what you're doing, what you look like, how you dress. If you want to pick up that ball and get on the court, like everybody's, you know, everyone can relate there, which is pretty cool. Um, whenever I left for the army, I realized basketball isn't that big everywhere else, like the way it was for us growing up. And um, Drew's right, you know, like getting onto the court and stuff. I don't think I really cared too much what his personal life was like, but it's just a different community out there and stuff. But um, <clears throat> what was I going to say next? So have you had like... I wanted to ask this, but like I'm kind of like uncomfortable asking it. I guess. Do you have um like a memory of someone that's just like being like unnecessarily like mean to you? Do you have any like real vivid memories of someone picking on you like real bad because you're gay? <laughs> I mean, I I don't mean like when you're like a kid or anything, but I mean like like in your later years, like maybe after like thirteen, fourteen. Um. I actually do. And it was when I was 15 years old. Um, the, <clears throat> the coach for basketball and um, I think football. Anyways, um, he didn't like me. He discriminated against me. Uh, even though I never missed a practice, I was never late. I was always there on time, even though 
regardless of not having a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. And um, he wouldn't play me. He would put everybody else in aside for me. And he would just look at me while I'm sitting on the bench waiting to go in. And um, he just didn't like me for, I don't know, he never said it like personally. But when I did ask him um, what his problem was with me, uh, he just blatantly told me straight up that he doesn't um, like gay people. And um, I was all, regardless of... (laughs) my sexuality or whatever. I put in the work. I put in this determination to play uh, basketball. And you should be looking at that, at that talent, not my sexuality, because that is none of your business. And pushing through, um, dealing with him that year, I came out on top because I was uh, voted Mescalero's uh, Mescalero Basketball uh, best defensive player. So (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't let him um, stop me from doing what I really wanted to do. So was that particular story in the book with the coach and the basketball and all that? Um, I was going to put it in there, but I decided to leave it out. Oh, really? Oh, Maybe that could be for part two. Yeah. Next book. <laughs> yeah. Um, seeing um, how this first book um, goes or does, um, I am considering writing a second book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be more um, personal. It's not going to be into like uh, a fairy tale, how I wrote this one. It's going to be, I guess you call it a autobiography. Autobiography, yeah. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I'm really interested in writing a children's book. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Um, I, I don't think I have any more questions. Did you have any more questions? Um, no, what would, what would your children's book be called or what would it? Um, I'm not really sure yet, but, um, Uh, what what would it be about? What inspired you to, what, what makes you want to write a children's book? Um, because I have. I have a lot <laughs> of books from whenever I started collecting books and um, being able to write a story, sharing uh, an imaginative, imaginative um, world with my nieces and nephews and other children would just be awesome. so that's what makes me want to write a children's book (laughs) 
cool. That's what I was going to say. Um, is there anything you want to talk about at all about your books? Um, do you want to put anything out there that we didn't discuss? Um, is there anything you want to highlight real quick? Did I did I did we miss anything about the excitement of your book? Um, is there any more excitement you want to share? Um, anything you want to just touch on real quick before we? Um, all I want to say is I hope um, <clears throat> that my book comes out as um, an inspiration to others. I really hope that um, the people who get to read it <laughs> um, that they find their their voice as well as I have found mine and use it and I just hope that um, if I can inspire one person then um, I've done all I could do <laughs> nice that's awesome and that's what I really want for this book and I'm anticipating all of this, but I know it'll work out. Yeah. Well, that <clears throat> congratulations to you again on on writing a book. Um, and just can't uh, thank you enough for coming on and being as honest as you've been and stuff. And um, congratulations to you with your accomplishment with school. Uh, I think this episode is going to blow a lot of minds. I don't think anybody really if they don't know you, um, they know you now <laughs> you know, <laughs> as um, pretty, pretty interesting story that you have. Is there anything else that you would like to reflect on or, or bring up? I want to kind of give you the mic a little bit right now. Okay. Well, um, uh, last month I, <laughs> it's always been my dream, um, to, qualify for the Boston Marathon and I actually qualified for next year. Wow. <laughs> you still got more? You got more accomplishments? You, you're holding out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm an avid runner. I love to run as much as I love to read. And um, there's a whole another side of me that a lot of people that don't really know me, don't know about me. <laughs> and, um, but I'm just uh, very humble and um, nice, caring, respectful person. And um, I'm just trying to make the best out of this life that we have to live. And if that makes me sound like uh, an overachiever or arrogant, it's not because <laughs> it's just being blessed and taking advantage of the opportunities that you are given. Yep. There we go. Definitely. Um, so before we start wrapping things up, are you going to actually go run in the Boston Marathon? 
Yes. Yeah. That's wow. cool. Um, that's amazing. Do you have like, when when are you supposed to go? You said you go next year, right? Yes. And it's going to be, when is the Boston Marathon run? Uh, in April. In April. So a whole year from now, you, what do you got to do? You just got to run, just train right now. And mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're going to have like family go out there and people to support you and cheer you're for you. You're not going to walk all the way over there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll run. <laughs> you hitchhike over there? Uh, no. Um, I'm going to be going by myself because okay. um, I'm going to have to raise the money to um, go all the way out there to <laughs> Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, but um, I know there will be a lot of people from Mescalero rooting me on. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is a big accomplishment. Um, what was the time that you had to run or how far and what was the time? Well, it was for the 5K. Mm-hmm. It was either the 5 or 10K, but I qualified for the uh, 5K. <laughs> Dang. And how do you qualify? How, is there someone that has to come and evaluate you? Uh, yeah, there's uh, judges that come up from Las Cruces mm-hmm. or either one from Albuquerque and they clock your time and um, it just depends if you make the barest minimum yeah the time allotted and I actually did because um, from B-side you know where uh, how far that is from uh, it's called Windmill? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how far I run. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good ways. I'm trying to make it to the summit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I run early in the morning, about six o'clock. And I also do um, evening runs at the same time, six. And I not only run that way I run toward um, Round Mountain <laughs> and actually ran up Round Mountain. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you, do, you run twice a day and how many miles is that? Are you timing? Are you keeping track? No, I just like to run. <laughs> so I, I put it in my phone and this conversion says that five kilometers is 3.1 Miles. Does that sound about right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How fast did you run that 5K? Uh, the 5K, my time came in at 21.16. So it took you 20, 21 minutes. And what was qualifying? Uh, it was 20... 23. 23. So you came in with comfort. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit extra. That's awesome, man. Wow. Congratulations on that too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you got going on? Or are you just focusing right now on the running, the book, the upcoming fall semester? You pretty tied up with just that or? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
that's pretty much it. That's a lot, though. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot going on. Um, you're a marathon runner. <laughs> you qualified for the Boston Marathon. Uh, going for your master's. Got this book coming, hopefully, in the next 30 days. Um, if your book comes goes through without any kinks and it gets back to you in the next 30 days or so. Um, and right now you said you don't know how you're going to distribute it, right? Yes. But are you going to at least have like a few copies to like give to people, like close people? Yes. Yeah. No, how yeah, many? They got to buy them. He's not going to give them. Are you? <laughs> yeah. It's a sell. He got to save up to buy a ride, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we need to be doing. <laughs> Talk about selling books for a car to get you to the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Um, but uh, how many copies do you think you're going to be able to get to like sell to your um, friends and family? Uh, well, like as I mentioned, um, I'm aiming for a hundred copies. Hundred, yeah, that's cool. Because I already have people interested in purchasing a copy. Yeah. So, hopefully, after this um, podcast comes out, you get more people interested in your book. Yeah. 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 So that's huge. That's huge. Congratulations. Um, you have any more? No, that that that's it. If you got anything else to say, uh, you got no. any last <laughs> shout outs. What was the title of your book again? Um, Drew's Imagination, a book of short stories. Drew's Ima- yeah, Drew's Imagination. Make sure you guys go get that. We got to get Drew a ride. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure he gets a new, a new vehicle. Uh, books for wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. But um, just again, thank you for coming on and being honest with us and, you know, talking about your accomplishments and, you know, some of the and some of the hard things that you've gone through in your life and I didn't want to get too dark on everybody, you know, but uh, I did want people to know that you didn't have an easy life and you're very successful today. Um, just keep that mentality, that go-getter mentality that you got. Just thank you for giving us this time. Um, just, you know, I don't know. I think you're doing a great job though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep definitely. going. Thank you, Jerome. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. And you're definitely inspiring and you're definitely a, a story for what this podcast is all about. You know, what what our mission is, is shedding mm-hmm. light on all positive things going on here in Mescalero. So yep. we really appreciate you. Yeah. But um, if that's it, we got we, we, we wrap up our show with a, it's called 10 Fun Questions of the Reds. Mm-hmm. Well, what we can remember because I lost them. I had them on my phone, but I know we did so many podcasts and we can't yeah. remember our 10 questions. Have, have, yeah. you, have you heard any of our show? Where we did the 10 Fun Questions. Uh, I've heard too. Okay, so maybe you can help us out if you don't remember. <laughs> uh, first one. So I yeah, let's start the first, the first one. one. Ten fun questions of a res is is hunting or fishing, right? Well, that's one of them. That's one of them. Yeah, I thought that was the first one. Is it the first one? Yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, ten fun. Okay, hunting <laughs> or fishing. Oh yeah, so you you just answer these questions. No right or wrong answer. This is whatever comes first, and uh, the best you can. Fishing. Fishing. All right. So. Old Road or East LA? Old Road. <laughs> old, old Road, okay. Um, Windows Lounge. Yeah, Windows Lounge or Broken Arrow Tap House? <laughs> uh, the Tap House. Tap House, nice. Um, tribal Store or Casino Apache Travel Center Store? <laughs> uh Travel store. He's biased. Oh yeah, could you work <laughs> for the cheese? <laughs> <laughs> for the cheese. Nice. Um. Okay. 
What else? I know one of them was like, I am and I love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, my favorite thing about Mescalero is. The community. The community. Oh, uh, Club 49 or actual Feast 49? <laughs> I think he's biased again. <laughs> he works at Club 49. Oh. Um, Feast 49. Feast 49. Cool. Okay. So that's six. Mm-hmm. Seven. The last one is the one you said. I know there's one about boiled meat. Was it? And fry bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it was not boiled meat. It's, it's uh, stuffed fry bread or fry bread and a bowl of chili. <laughs> or fry bread and a bowl of chili. Stuffed fry bread or fry bread and a bowl of chili. Fry bread and a bowl of chili. <laughs> fry bread and a bowl of chili? A bowl of chili. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's seven. What's eight? <sighs> Don't know. I am most thankful for. Oh. Yeah. My nieces and nephews. <laughs> nieces and nephews. Yeah. Okay. So last one is... um. Oh, uh, wait, wait. I got one. Where's your favorite place to fish on the res? Cooley. All right. There's, there's nine right there. Okay. <laughs> and the last one is I am Drew and I love... Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And fun questions of the res. And that was... Drew Lancer Big Roll. Thank you for being a guest on our show. Oh, and before we leave, don't forget that this show is sponsored by Humble Antlers with Dave Morgan. Uh, to get in contact with him, can you give him that number one more time? Blue? Yeah, it is. Also, if you... Oh, go ahead. It is 575-937-3268. Once again, that's Dave Morgan with Humble Antlers. And if you mentioned that you heard this on this podcast... You can get what can what can they get, Blue? So take your antlers to Dave. Mention that you heard the writing writing on the wall podcast and that you can get a free t shirt. First two to mention that gets a free shirt. All right. Once again, thank you, Drew, for being on the show. And uh we'll talk to y'all next time right here on Riding on the Wall Podcast. Thank you all very much. All right. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.